Welcome to Central Alabama Crime Stoppers Podcast. Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit organization serving the state of Alabama to bring together law enforcement, media, and the community in the fight to stop, solve, and prevent crime. Now, let's start the show. Hello, everyone. This is Tony Garrett. I'm the executive director of Central Alabama Crime Stoppers, and I'm joined here today with Ashley Bowerman. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Central Alabama Crime Stoppers podcast. Today, we're discussing House Bill 66, a bill that was already causing quite a bit of commotion before the legislative session and is expected to bring a lot of debate during this session. If passed, House Bill 66 would allow most people in the state over the age of 18 to carry a concealed pistol or firearm on their person or in a vehicle without the need for a permit. Um, some members of law enforcement say that bill would be a threat to public safety, but those in support say new technology and laws passed earlier this year have made Alabama's current permit requirements essentially obsolete. So um, we're going to be talking today with member of law enforcement, Montgomery County Sheriff Derek Cunningham, as well as District 7 Representative Proncy Robertson to kind of get both sides here, what law enforcement's saying, but then also what those in sponsor of, of this bill are saying. Yeah, being retired law enforcement, I, I already have an idea of what my feelings are about this, but I am open-minded. I want to hear both sides before I actually give a decision as far as which way I'll lead. Let's call Representative Robertson, see if he's available. All right, let's, let's call. Hello? Hey, uh, Representative Robertson, this is Ashley. Do you have a minute to talk to us for a little bit? This is Tony Garrett. I'm the executive director of Central Alabama Crime Stoppers, and I'm yes, joined with Ashley. I'm doing well. I'm glad you are able to uh, talk to us about this bill. First of all, uh, tell us exactly what does this bill do? HB 66, the primary sponsor is Shane Stringer, Representative Shane Stringer. And what the bill does is a lot of people, you know, I guess you'd say the street name or slang term for it is constitutional carry. Technically, it is a bill that would make us a permitless state. And what I mean by that is that currently we have pistol permit law, which it requires you to, before you can carry a handgun concealed on your person or within your motor vehicle, you have to go to the sheriff's department, go through a background check to determine whether you are a prohibited person or not under the law. And if you are not, then the sheriff is required to issue you a permit. What this law would do is it would remove the requirement for you to purchase that permit any longer. Now, the permits will still remain in place. The same process will still be there and you can still obtain a pistol permit. But if you are a legal law-abiding citizen who has never had a conviction or a reason under law to make you prohibited to carry a firearm, then you can possess one in your vehicle or on your person without having to first obtain that permit or a lot of people consider a permission slip from the sheriff. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, so far. Um, Ashley? Talk a little bit about, obviously, uh, one of the main reasons why we're having you on today. A lot of drawback from law enforcement, essentially saying that this is going to put more guns on the street, increase crime. The biggest one being that crime would increase. You say that isn't the case. Why? Well, again, anyone... Who, who can't possess a firearm now wouldn't be able to possess a firearm under this new law. It doesn't change anything. In other words, anyone who can carry, who can go up and obtain a pistol permit is already a legal law-abiding citizen. 
the only people who get denied a permit are those who are prohibited by law from possessing one. In other words, it's illegal for you to carry a pistol whether you have a permit or not. So it will not change that at all for law enforcement. People say, oh, you'll have uh, gangbangers carrying guns, teenagers carrying guns. No, if they are prohibited from obtaining a pistol permit or carrying a gun now, then it will still be illegal for them to carry or possess a weapon after this law passes. It doesn't change anything in that sense. Literally, the only thing it does is it will no longer require law-abiding citizens to pay a fee each year to exercise the right that they already have under law. Now, I've read the uh, law, um, Representative. Uh, can you tell me how does it fix the issue of, let's say, a police officer uh, stops a person, um, reasonable probable cause is there, and the person has a gun? How does this bill work in that situation? Well, again, if the person is illegally possessing it, the officer can still investigate and make an arrest. He doesn't have to have a pistol without a permit charge in order to investigate. There are a number of other reasons that uh, they could investigate, ask questions, just like they would in any other circumstance. Why do you have the gun with you? How old are you? Have you ever had a felony? They could actually check that. And what we did last year is we passed a law that is going to create a prohibited person's database. In other words, all these people that I'm talking about that are would fail the background check, yes, all these people who are illegally, or it's illegal for them to possess a weapon, as soon as the officer runs their name and their date of birth or their tag number, they would get a hit back on the computer that would tell them this person cannot possess a weapon. Therefore, if they see a gun in the car, if the person was possessing a weapon, instead of arresting them for pistol without a permit, which is a misdemeanor, they would arrest them for certain person prohibited, which means they are a person who under law already cannot possess a weapon. So it doesn't really change anything other than the charge they're making. Is that I hope that it articulates. Yes, that sir. Way. Really, I want you to talk about that database. That's the reason I brought it up. Who's going to be monitoring that database uh, for us? Who's who's going to be over that database, if I may ask? What the bill uh, last year, the law that we passed, does is it authorized ALEA, the uh, state uh, Alabama law enforcement agency, and they're the wing of ALEA called ASEGIS, which is the Alabama Criminal Justice Information Center, which is basically of the state's computer system that keeps up with all of criminal convictions and records, and it's tied to the courts, what will happen is once the system is up and running at the point of conviction, in other words, let's say I was arrested for domestic violence in Montgomery, and when I went before the municipal judge there in Montgomery, if he found me guilty of domestic violence, which is one of those things that would make me a prohibited person, then the court clerk, upon conviction, would type that information into the prohibited database to show that I am a now a prohibited person. 
the municipal courts would enter anyone who they have interaction with that with, for a crime or a violation that would make them a prohibited person. For instance, uh, if the judge issued a protection from abuse order, they would enter them into the prohibited persons list. If uh, a circuit judge was to make a conviction on a, a robbery case, for instance, if any violent crime from the circuit court, a district court dealing with domestic violence, let's say the probate court were to rule someone as a mental defect, well, being a mental defect ruled and adjudicated as such by the probate judge would make you a prohibited person. That judge would have the authority to enter you into the Asegis database as a prohibited person. They could also remove you. For instance, if the judge ordered, removed a protection from abuse order after a case where the disposition was over, then they would have the authority to remove you from that list as well, thereby giving your rights back to you. There's multiple reasons to go on the list or to come off the list. It would work, the best way I've described it to most people is to think about it just like our sex offender registry is. Uh When someone is convicted of a crime in the state of Alabama that would make them a sex offender, they are added to the sex offender registry. And any time that an officer has contact with them, they are immediately told by the system from the ASEGIA system that that person is a registered sex offender. This system will work just like that, except it will be reverence people who cannot possess a firearm. One more question, uh, Representative. Uh, what about people traveling in and out of our states from, let's say, Tennessee, Georgia? How does that work? Works exactly the same way. Right now, if someone comes in from Georgia, they are required, they are governed by, you know, how they are holding that gun is governed by state and federal law, okay, and they have to follow law, whether they're from Georgia or whether they're from Mississippi or Florida, it doesn't matter. If I could arrest you because, as a Montgomery citizen, because you're a prohibited person, but you're from Atlanta and you're over here with a gun, you still either would have to have a Georgia permit to show you can possess the weapon if they have a permit law, which they still do, or you would have to be a person who is not prohibited by a prior conviction. And again, the the officer, it would take him a few more minutes, but anytime we deal with anyone from out of state, it's that way now. Think about that. No one from Georgia or Mississippi is getting or buying an Alabama pistol permit now. People are coming in from out of state that are felons. That's happening every day. So how do they check them now? Those people aren't buying a pistol permit in Alabama, and they're not required to buy a pistol permit in Alabama. Exactly. So that that doesn't change at all by this law. Representative Robertson, another thing that I've heard a lot of the sheriffs and members of law enforcement referencing this bill have talked a lot about under the bill, part of it states This would change where you can and cannot carry a concealed weapon. Part of the bill says something about you can, you know, bring guns now onto school property, into businesses, into certain sporting events. Explain how you have said before how that is false. That is not what the bill is saying. Currently, under the pistol permit law, you can't, and this is a big misnomer, people believe that you can't carry a gun into an athletic event. That is not correct. Currently, 
you can, you could open carry a gun uh, onto any high school football game. Now, they might ask you to leave uh, because they don't want you there because it's private property. And the property owner could say, we don't want you to bring the gun in. Please, you know, lock it in your vehicle or whatever. But it's not technically illegal for you to carry the gun on the property. And under current law, if you have a pistol permit, you can carry a gun onto an athletic event and then not even know it. So you could conceal the weapon under your coat and go to a high school football game right now if you have a pistol permit. Most people don't understand that. There are a couple of places that you can't carry a gun uh, that are restricted from carrying a gun, such as a courtroom, the jailhouse, police department, sheriff's department. And then it says an athletic event unless you have a pistol permit. It also says, or unless they are screening for any building where they are screening to ensure that no one has a weapon. In other words, like a metal detector and guards where you come in, you know, and they're, uh, they're checking to make sure no one has a weapon on, much like we do at the state house, right? When you get there, they're screening everyone to make sure that they don't have a weapon on them. And if a private business or a government uh, facility chooses to screen everyone, then they could keep you out from having a weapon. But if they're not doing that, then those buildings right now, you can possess your weapon open carry or with a permit. When we remove, when you say this law removes that requirement, all it's saying is that you can do the same thing now that you can do after the laws passed. It's not really changing that at all. Does that, that make sense, Tony? Yes, that makes sense. Thank you for clarifying that. To clarify that just a little bit too, private property, again, like Walmart or your personal property, uh, a business of some kind, like a restaurant, any of those at any time can say, you know, post on their door, uh, no weapons allowed. They would need to know, like, for instance, if I walked in and they saw me with a gun or knew I had a weapon on me, they could ask me to leave their property. If I refuse to do so, an officer could ask me to leave and under the trespassing law. In other words, they're asking me to leave their personal property, but it's not a violation of law, technically, to have the gun there. That makes sense? Yes, sir. Thank you so much for clarifying that. Another question I wanted to ask regarding the money aspect, you hear, you know, a lot of people talking about, well, pistol permits, um, you have to pay for those and, and, you know, sheriff's offices use that money accordingly. Talk about that. Uh, We know pistol permits, like I said, do provide funding. Um, Will those departments lose 100% of the pistol permit money that they receive if this were to pass? No, ma'am. And here's why. There are 21 other states at this point who have passed similar legislation where they have done away with the requirement to purchase a pistol permit. In all of those states, except for one, they have continued to sell just as many, and a couple of them have sold more permits. And the reason why is you still need a pistol permit if you travel into another state. 
as you can imagine, a huge percentage of our population who are very interested in carrying a concealed weapon do it because they travel a good bit. And when you cross into Georgia or Mississippi and an officer stops you there, he sees you're from Alabama, he's going to ask you, do you have a pistol permit from your state? And so you're still going to need it for what's called reciprocity. In other words, those agreements we have with the other state, they can identify who has a permit and who doesn't. The departments have continued to sell them. When I said there's one state that has dropped just a little bit in the number of permits they've sold, it's Alaska. Mm -hmm. And when you think about what I just explained, Alaska is kind of landlocked. They don't drive into other states. They're only staying in the state of Alaska, so there's not a need to have a pistol permit if you do away with the requirement to have one in Alaska. Other than that, people continue to purchase them, we've seen, in other states that have done this. And another thing that's not being talked about is in the bill we passed last year that created the prohibited persons database, it also says that every time the courts convict someone of a crime that makes them a prohibited person, and that person is charged a $50 court fee. That $50, $10 of it stays with the court to basically cover their cost for having to do the extra work to add them in the database. And the other $40 goes directly to the county sheriff in that jurisdiction. So think about that. Every person who is convicted of a new crime, every person who is issued a protection from abuse order against, every person who has ruled a mental defect will pay the sheriff $40, which is equivalent to two years of pistol permits. So it is very likely under the bill that passed last year and the new bill that's coming to remove the requirement that the sheriffs could potentially make more money than they've lost. And even outside of that, the legislature right now is very pro-law enforcement, frankly. And uh, we understand that a number of the sheriffs use these funds for important programs such as training or local needs such as uh, the school resource officer programs and things like that. We by no means are looking to short them on those revenues. But what we're doing here is making sure that we're doing, you know, there was a time that the pistol permits were probably a needed thing. But with the technology that we have now and the ability to, through the computer database, I'm talking about to keep up with who is a prohibited person, there is no longer a need to charge law-abiding citizens to simply exercise a right that they're given under the Constitution. And so basically, this is just a modernization, and it's just time that um, uh, we have to upgrade this. Much like we did the jail food money bill a couple of years ago, it's just time for a change to make sure that this is something that's done properly. Is it realistic to believe that the database will be up and running by October? A lot of agencies are saying that that's not a realistic, yes, realistic goal. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, of course, this was passed, this legislation, in the 2021 session. And we purposely gave uh, Aaliyah and the private vendor that they have contracted with until October of 2022 
time to build this system and to train the folks to use it. Currently, Aaliyah is on schedule. We've talked to uh, uh, Aaliyah Director Hal Taylor and his staff at Asieges, and they have assured us, I was having a conversation today with Speaker of the House. Speaker McCutcheon said that he had a conversation just this week with Leah, leadership at Aaliyah that assured him that the timeline was on speed to have the database up and going and certified to the governor's office that it was functioning by October 1 of 2022. Then we will begin to sell the lifetime permits and the courts will begin to function under that operating system in January of 2023. So it's delayed until that point purposefully to give us a, almost 22 months time to build the system. Everything's on speed to get that done. I know it's been said, well, Aaliyah's done other databases and they've not got those accomplished. Those databases they're talking about were paid for and constructed much differently. This is being done by a private company that is building it for the state and it will be run and the information put in it by state employees through the court system and Aaliyah's job is basically to monitor that and to house that system once it's up and running. Again, the law that we passed last year will not take effect unless Aaliyah certifies that the database is functioning by October the 1st. Otherwise, it will be delayed until they do get it done. There's no danger of this taking place without it. And the bill that we're talking about, HB 66, will only take effect going permitless once the database is up and going as well. So this is a, a process that is designed to function as uh, one, uh, one smooth transition. I have three more questions there. We're going to let you go because I know you got a, another meeting to go to. Just to clarify yes, on the out-of-state uh, people coming in, do they have to have a permit or not have a gun permit? It depends on, again, your the the, the agreement we have with those states okay currently alabama has agreed that if we issue someone crosses into their state that those people will have a permit from the state of alabama georgia for instance has done the same thing uh mississippi when these folks if i stop someone with a georgia driver's license mm -hmm. and they are carrying a weapon then they're required to have a georgia permit what I would arrest them for is not carrying a pistol without a permit anyway. I would arrest them for a certain person's prohibited under Alabama law. Okay, yes, That's sort of a, it's a non-issue, frankly, yes, uh, because other states, a good example of that might be if you had a car registered in the state of Texas, the tent law, the window tent law yes, sir. in Texas is much different. Okay. You can have your windows just about as dark as you want to in the state of Texas. Well, if I see a car in Alabama with a Texas license on it, and I stop that as a police officer, I can't write him a ticket in Alabama for having windows that are too dark because he's under Texas law. It's the same thing with this. We would need to abide by the law of the state of their residency. It's kind of a mute issue for us to argue well, people coming in from out of the state wouldn't have a permit. Yes, people sir. coming in from out of the state are not required to get an Alabama pistol permit now. 
Yes, sir. Those are some of the questions that I know law enforcement officers and even citizens are asking. So I want to make sure that we're being fair, that we give you Absolutely. a chance to go ahead and say, okay, this is what this law does and this is what it does not do. The last two questions are combined, which is, are there any middle ground for this law where you can get with law enforcement and say, okay, this is this, I see your side and uh, this is my side and we can come together. And lastly, uh, do you see this bill being passed this session? On your first question, this, uh, the law we passed last year was the effort to find those answers for our sheriffs. It was to say, number one, we need to standardize the process of how we do pistol permits and get all of you on the same page so that we don't have 67 different counties doing it 67 different ways. So that took a number of years of negotiating with the sheriffs. Number two, it said, let's create this prohibited database of persons who are prohibited so you can identify the bad guys without having to identify every law-abiding citizen. And then thirdly, that allows you to sell a lifetime permit, which again reduces the burden on the average citizen that still wants to buy a permit and travel out of state. So when you say, is there any middle ground? The middle ground has come over the last, oh, at least four years that I've been there. And a number of years prior to that, all the way back into the early 2000s, of negotiating with the Sheriff's Association about how to get to the point that we could go permitless carry. And this is something that's been coming for a long time. So to answer your question about whether I believe it's going to pass this year, yes, sir. I believe it will because there is so all those concerns that the sheriffs and law enforcement have had as far as a public safety concern about knowing who the prohibited people are, we address that by creating this database. Their concerns about how do we get some kind of other funding out of this has been addressed by the fact that the bad guys will be paying a fee now for each conviction rather than law-abiding citizens paying you. So there's a number of compromises, a number of things that have been done that has assured legislators that they can pass this demand, frankly, that's coming from the public. For the last three to four years, Legislators in every session have been overwhelmed by literally thousands of emails and phone calls and requests from the public wanting us to pass this legislation like so many other states have done. And we have worked and negotiated with the sheriffs to get to the point of the bill we passed last year. And so it was really just a stepping stone to sure up their concerns and now let's take the next step of meeting the needs. Let's get ourselves as constitutionally correct as possible. And if we need to continue to work on some of the issues for the sheriff's funding-wise, for some of these other programs and things, then I believe we need to work with the county commissioners and with the state legislature and the sheriff's association for us to clarify. And let's, let's improve their funding through other resources uh, rather than uh, the way it's been doing for decades with this system. I believe we're going to get it done. Yes, sir. I believe the momentum's there. And um, it's just time to get this um, taken care of for the demands of the people. Uh, you know, that's our job down here at the legislature. 
is to work for the people of Alabama and to follow the Constitution of the United States. And we believe this is uh, doing both of those things. Hey, we appreciate your time. Is there anything that we did not ask that you want to put out there about this bill? I don't think so, but I greatly appreciate the opportunity to um, uh, sort of explain. Again, I'm not the bill sponsor. I want to clarify that. I appreciate Representative Stringer and the efforts and the work that he's doing on this. Of course, my involvement in it is I was the sponsor of the bill uh, for the lifetime permit and the database yes, of prohibited individuals. Obviously, I've got some concern that this is all done correctly. Another thing I would like to add, talking about will this be doing it, Aaliyah? I believe you're going to see a line item in the state budget this year that in Aaliyah's request yes, to ensure that we have a one-time funding to make sure that that vendor is paid to get this system up and running. And number two, then a, a small fee that will be there each year to ensure that there's enough money to maintain it. So uh, you're going to see that happen as a commitment from the legislature also that uh, we want to get this problem solved. Well, thank you, uh, uh, Representative Robinson. We appreciate your time. If you ever want to come back to talk about a bill that you're sponsoring or just talk about the things that are going on in Alabama or your district, please feel free to give us a call. Very good. I'm always working on something that uh, I'd love to talk to you all about. So thank you for the opportunity. Uh, you're thank you. Y'all have a great night. Uh, you too. Samia. Well, Ashley, what do you think? I mean, he's obviously very well educated on House Bill 66. I think it was interesting. He did have a lot to provide about the database. What are your thoughts on that? I saw you kind of shaking your head, kind of him providing some information. You, I don't even think, really knew about that. On the law enforcement side, I'm saying another database that doesn't work is the first thing that comes to my mind. So if he can get, get it up running, then yes, I'm, I'm for it. But right now, there are multiple databases. He's talked about the domestic violence database. It's down right now. Being a patrol, once patrol commander, having police officers stand on the side of the road, waiting on a check to come back, uh, spending an hour, two hours. A lot of times we have to go ahead and tell those officers to get back in service because that check doesn't come back. If they have a charge on them, go ahead, charge them with it. If not, you have to let them go. Now we're talking about a person that has a gun, and if you can't prove that they are legit with that gun, you're telling them to just let them go because you can't charge them with a crime. And I know that's obviously the main, I know there's other concerns, but that's a big one among law enforcement. I was going to ask as well, talking about him clarifying where you could and could not bring a gun, what are your thoughts on that? I was looking at the bill and section... Five is in the bill that has all that crossed out stating that you can um, you cannot where it says you cannot carry it on a school property, uh, school event. All that is crossed out. I don't know what that means as far as when I'm reading this bill. Uh, when, it, when it's crossed out, that normally means that, OK, you can do it. Right. Another thing, too, um, I'll ask you, and I don't know if you want to give your, your full opinion here, but do you feel optimistic that this will pass? I mean, after what you're hearing, I know you said you're, you don't really sound like you have a lot of promise in the database, but if they're able to, this isn't the first time this bill has been discussed, and, and I know it will probably be brought up again, but do you think this is the year for it? I don't know. Uh, the way that I'm looking at it is a other states have passed it, and it's a GOP talking point all over the nation. So I, I think it stands a good chance to pass this year. Um, I don't know. May, maybe we need another 
opinion. Another viewpoint. Yeah. We're going to call now Montgomery County Sheriff Derek Cunningham. He's been very vocal about this bill. I've spoken to him already before, so let's see what, what his thoughts are on it. Hello. Hey, Sheriff Cunningham, this is Tony Garrett, along with Ashley Bowerman. Are you available to talk? Today okay. we talked about uh, uh, House Bill 66. Uh, we just got through talking with Representative Robertson, uh, Pouncey Robertson, and he gave his point of view about House Bill 66. Um, we want to get another perspective, and what we try to do, we try to make sure we have both sides and allow you to go ahead and say, okay, this is what's good about this bill, and this is why it should uh, not be passed, or this is what's bad about this bill, and so forth. So we're going to give you that opportunity to go ahead and tell us about House Bill 66. What's your feeling on this bill? Well, you said tell you what's good about the bill and what we need to do. This bill ain't good nowhere. <laughs> ain't nothing about the bill good you know i'm just being honest this is some legislation that i don't like don't nobody like and if you're a citizen in the state of alabama you shouldn't like it uh this bill here is gonna really uh put uh, a burden on law enforcement anytime you take away permit and that that does away with the law the violation of a license of care to have a, a permit when you're carrying a, a weapon. But it goes far, far in depth into personal property. It takes away a lot of that stuff. And I'm sure the representative didn't go in there and, and, and lay the bill out and say, when we draw a line through this, when we draw a line through this, this bill here is so crazy that it's going to allow people that has permit the ability to be able to go to high school football games, college games, or professional games. As long as you got a permit, you're allowed to be able to carry that weapon into these venues. And, you know, in Alabama, our permit age is 18. We still got 18-year-olds still in high school. Mm -hmm. And we're giving all these privileges to people right now to be able to carry a firearm into a, a high school athletic event. That's crazy. The problems that we've been having and experiencing at, at other venues such as high school football, basketball game, Mobile just had a, a shooting at a football game. And now we're going to put more guns into the football stadium. Not only does this bill does this, but if you look at the businesses, just the businesses alone, they got provisions in there that says what you can do if you don't want people to come into your business. But what, what businesses have to do is put a, a metal detector and have a, a security guard or a officer there that's screening everybody that comes in. You can't selectively screen. you got to screen everybody that comes in to prevent somebody from coming into your business with a weapon. This is going to add an expense to our businesses that don't want to have security. Now, if you just want to tell somebody they can't come in, they got to go through these added measures of putting in metal detectors. And now, this is a burden. This bill for law enforcement, if you stop somebody right now, just recently, Crime Stoppers know, uh, we, we have the people that go around through your neighborhoods popping door handles at night, checking to see if you had the door locked. They get inside and ramsack the cars, taking guns and doing all this. This bill is going to hinder law enforcement to a point. This is a tool. This, this, a, a permit is a tool for law enforcement. We had some guys that were doing that. We stopped the car that night, found guns in the car, 
Nobody had a permit. We put these people in jail. And the next morning, our phones were burning up. People calling, reporting the cars had been burglarized and the guns were missing. And just so happened, the guns were already impounded because we impounded them that, that night when we caught these guys with about 10 to 12 weapons in their car and we put them in jail. After this bill is passed, if we stop a car at night and they got 15 guns and they are above the age of 18 and older, there ain't nothing we can do but pat them on the back and say, hey, all right, thank y'all, drive safe, because the bill says we can't stop, detain, question anything about a firearm. This is some of the most terrible legislation I've ever seen in my life to be able to put out in our streets, especially when you're looking at some of the shootings that we're experiencing now. Sheriff Cunningham. This is Ashley. Um, I know the first time you and I had chatted, um, I know you just kind of mentioned this, but just permits being a key tool for law enforcement as they are akin to background checks like you just mentioned, just kind of throw out some numbers for me. I know you said you guys did a poll. How many people in the state of Alabama or those who were in that poll went to go get a permit and were denied? The number that were denied in Montgomery County, we had about 490 people that were denied the right to be able to get a permit in Montgomery County, we probably got about twenty five, about twenty five thousand people that uh, have permits. Um, one thing that I was talking to Representative Robinson about was uh, out of state people. Uh, he never did clarify, but um, yeah. uh, that you can uh, live out of state and come into yeah. Alabama without having any type of permit, gun permit, and you can have access to a gun. You're absolutely right because it does not exclude out of state people. And that's what I'm saying about this bill. This bill is so vague, and this bill don't answer they don't they don't answer a lot of questions. All they're doing is telling you what they're gonna do. And see what's so scary is when they say, well, the school, the federal school free zone will prevent these incidents from taking place at the school. But if you read the federal law <laughs> and the school free zone, read that law. That law will tell you this does not apply to uh, permitted people in your state. You see what I'm saying? So that law don't apply to people that got permits. And see, what we're going to be doing is playing a, a game of cat and mouse as it relates to these 18-year-olds that, that are in school because now they're saying that you can leave a gun in your car uh, for employees when you're going to work and all this other stuff, and you don't have to worry about doing all this, locking it up in the trunk and locking this up here, separating all this. And I'm, I'm just scared that people are going to start uh, testing the water as it relates to young people that are in school with their cars parked out on the parking lot. Or what if they park their car not on the school property, but on the road or something. So we just think that what we're doing is that we're muddying the water and we're making it so, so bad that we're going to have test cases. Uh, where if you arrest somebody, they're going to come back and say, well, you couldn't be able to do that. And so, I mean, it's scary when you look at the city in, uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, with them and us, we made over 200 arrests for a, uh, a violation of a license to carry. That means that's 200 people that we caught that had a weapon on them and they didn't have a permit and we put in jail because it's a tool for us. And now with that gone, that's 200 people that, that's going to be on the street. I mean, this. I wish that when the legislature decided to do something like this, they come and meet with law enforcement instead of just telling people, I'm a retired law enforcement officer. I know you don't know nothing. You're not doing this job every day. 
And it's my responsibility to make sure these guys and girls get home every day. It ain't his responsibility. And when you go home every day to your loved ones, to your family and all this, you know, that's a sign of relief. But right now you're putting tension on something that's, that's not broke. And I don't know what we're trying to fix by them trying to do this. And they always love to throw up. We got 21 other states that passed this. I want y'all to go and look at what Missouri is doing right now. The police chiefs, the sheriffs, and the DAs have filed a lawsuit against the state of, uh, state of Missouri due to this law. You know, but they ain't, they don't want to tell people that. But they want to ask me, well, what does the other states expect? That ain't my job to do your homework, to tell you what other states are doing. I don't really care what other states are doing. I care about what Alabama doing. Me to tell them what I what other states think about it. I don't live there, so I'm not. I don't care what they what they think about it. Just like those people, these people that are lobbying for them, they don't live in Alabama. They're coming from uh, other states trying to say what they passed in their state. I'm just confused by how they say this this bill has picked up traction and it's moving. No, what's, what's picking up traction is the 419 people that were shot in Montgomery, but mm. the other 76, 77 people that died, that's what should be picking up traction. We need to look at what we're experiencing now in this state as far as violent crime, and then we're talking about putting more guns on the street. Well, let's go into one of their talking points. The sales department, they don't want it because they believe that it's going to lessen the amount of funds that they have because it's taking out some of their funding because of their permit price. What do you think about it? Same thing I told uh, them today. Anytime I talk to them, now I can't talk about other other counties. I know what Deer Cunningham, I know how much money Montgomery County. We bring in about $700,000 a year off of permits. Out of that $700,000, I've got $20 permit. Six of those dollars go into our RSA, goes into the retirement system. Our county commission gets $4 of that $20. So you show me where we're getting all that money. Plus, I got four people that does permits in my office. And out of those four people, you add it up with with, uh, salaries and benefits. That's about $225,000. So you tell me how we're making money off of this. We're not making money. This is all about public safety. We're talking about life or death. And they want to throw a money stream over to get people thinking, oh, yeah, they're making millions and millions of dollars. We're not making millions of dollars off of this. I just broke it down off of a pistol permit here in Montgomery, Alabama. That's just what they do to throw people off, to make people think that what they're saying is so good and it's so good for the state. It ain't good for the state worth the crap. If it was, uh, we would have passed it months ago. We already went with them every year since 2013. They've been doing something as it relates to guns just so they can appeal to the NRA. This is what all this is coming from. This the NRA wrote this bill and those other 21 states, they sponsored it. And now they're here in Alabama. And these people are, I don't know, are they paid lobbyists? Are they campaign contributors? But they're doing, they must be doing something to get these people to get so riled up to push this out like this into our state. Excuse me, Sheriff Cunningham. Okay, um, one of the, the main arguments from lawmakers, Robinson was referring to a new database created under the Alabama Uniformed Concealed Carry Permit Act that was uh, adopted by lawmakers in April. Essentially, it'll single out people prohibited from possessing a firearm because of state or federal criminal conviction or because of a mental health illness. Talk about that database. What are your thoughts on it? The database ain't even up and running yet. They won't have that up and running until October. Why are we jumping the gun trying to do something else 
and we hadn't even implemented the things that they passed last year. So again, those are talking points for them. And this database that he's talking about, we got in Alabama, you can be 18 years of age and carry a firearm. You can get a permit at 18. You're still a minor. You're still young. You're still a youthful offender. How many of those people are going to be in this database? None. What they're trying to do is play a blindfold game on the citizens of Alabama. And I think anybody that has a high school education can be able to tell and can be able to see between the lines that that's, that's just a scapegoat. That's just something that they're trying to throw out here to say, hey, we did this and this is going to work. No. This is all about the NRA pushing them to get this bill passed. Obviously, this is not the first time this bill has been brought up in the legislative session. What are your thoughts if it does pass this year? A lot of people are saying that because they have that database that they can kind of refer to and and, and go back to that that this year it might actually pass. Um, Do you think it will? And what will happen if it does? Well, I don't, I don't think it'll pass. I think the citizens of Alabama, they need to step up to the plate and let them know how they feel about gun violence. It's just not in Montgomery. You got to look at Birmingham, Huntsville, Mobile, Tuscaloosa, Decatur. I, I can go on and on where we see a rash, uh, an uh, increase in our violent crimes. If this bill passed, the same way we talking right here today, when we start seeing this, I just want you to be able to come right back and say, well, they told you that. They told y'all that. They, I want you to hold them accountable for what they're saying that's going to take place and, and what they're saying that the state of Alabama is going to be and how better we're going to be with this taking place and how this impact is going to impact our business community and how it's going to impact our schools. So what I'm telling you all is that the same way that they're saying this is the same way that we need to be actively involved in this bill when this bill bellies up and these problems come in our state, I want people to call them out for what they did. Sheriff Cunningham, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for speaking with us this evening and sharing your thoughts on this. Is there anything else about House Bill 66 that you would like to mention before we let you go? Like I said, I think it's a bad piece of legislation. I think you need to look at law enforcement. They need to listen to law enforcement. We're the ones out here on the streets that's stopping cars, that's making the arrests. These guys ain't doing that. They're passing bills, they're pushing it out here. This is the same thing we did with our mental health system back years ago. And now we're trying to refix a problem that we had going good, but we shut down the hospitals because we're going to save money and we're going to push everybody out to a community-based center. This is the same exact thing. And then years down the road, we got to look years down the road at what they're trying to create in this state and what this state is going to be in. We see today the problems that we're having with firearms. And I can only imagine next year, five years down the road, after if they pass a bill such as this, and I want to see what our business community thinks about it, and I want to see what everybody else thinks about it. But the same conversation we're having today, I want us to be able to have that five years down the road, three years or two years, if they're successful with passing something like this. Sheriff Cunningham, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us this evening. And thank you for all you do for residents here in Montgomery County and speaking on behalf of law enforcement this evening in regards to this bill. Hey, appreciate thank it, you. Sheriff. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, Ashley, I think we got both sides. And I'm still, I'm not on the fence. I am against this bill now after listening to Sheriff Cunningham. I would like to hear maybe uh, have someone else tell me more about this bill to, to convince me, but... I guess it's the law enforcement side in me that said that this is not a good bill. 
he was a little a little passionate <laughs> about it, don't you think? Yes, he was. He was, uh, and he had reason for it. He's, he's thinking that this is a bad thing for the citizens of his county. So I love that passion that he has. He, he brings passion to everything he does. And when Sheriff Cunningham uh, normally puts, uh, goes, puts his uh, name on something, he's doing it for a reason. And it's normally not a selfish reason. It's for the, his citizens of Montgomery County. And I, I don't want to be one-sided. I want it to be as fair as I possibly could. And I wanted to hear both sides, and I think I have. Right now, I'm siding with Sheriff Cunningham. Well, we'll have to see what happens in the legislative session. It started um, a couple days ago on the 11th, so we'll see uh, what kind of conversations are to come. And maybe we'll have them both back after we have, you know, an answer, if they come up with one, if they if they can, you know, actually come to an agreement on, on something. Yes, uh, again, I thank uh, Representative Robertson for coming on and sharing his point of view. And I, I hope and pray if this bill is passed that it's a good bill and it actually makes a difference. If it doesn't, then we need to find we need to find solutions for what's going on in our state. Uh, that's bottom line. Because we all know gun violence, gun related crime is is up nationwide. And here, I mean, I, I talk about it almost every day. I feel like record homicide rate in Montgomery alone, 76 homicides in 2021, four homicides already so far in this year in 2022. And we just saw police aren't calling it this, but a mass shooting at a local bowling alley um, a couple days ago, seven people shot. One of them died. So, I mean, it, uh, gun violence continues to be a problem in, in our state as it is in many other states. And, I mean, you heard Sheriff Cunningham say this would only further contribute to that problem. Uh, I like talking about this bill, but I think we need to have people on that, that actually have solutions. I want to hear what are the solutions to getting the guns off the street, streets, uh, to taking the gun off the uh, little young students in school. We just paid out a a $500 reward this week out of a school where a gun a gun was found on a school bus by another student who was afraid that this student was going to use it. If our students can't go to school to learn because they're afraid of being shot, we're, we need to do something. And we need to find out who has those solutions. We need to start acting on these things to, to make schools better, to make life better, quality of life better. I think families, parents would love to know a solution. Uh, three loaded guns were found at Southside High School in <coughs> Dallas County. I mean, there was a gun. I know we reported at Goodwin Middle School. Mm-hmm. And then another gun, a loaded gun found on a bus in Pike County, all within, I think, less than a week of one another, uh, we reported. It's definitely a, a problem. I'd love to know what solutions. Maybe that can be something we uh, we do at another podcast. But lots of interesting things discussed today. I know this is something that will be continue to be talked about for weeks weeks to come. And, you know, whether or not it passes or it doesn't pass, it will be continuing to be a, a hot topic. That has been it for Central Alabama Crime Stoppers. Thank you for joining us. And remember, if, if you, you see, see something, something, say something. Thank you for listening to Central Alabama Crime Stoppers podcast. We are a nonprofit organization serving the state of Alabama. If you have any information regarding a crime, please contact the police or Crime Stoppers using our anonymous 24-hour tip line at 215-STOP, area code 334, by downloading our P3 Tips app from your app store. When you call, be sure to receive a tip ID and password in order to dialogue with investigators in case there is a follow-up question. You can also contact us at our toll-free number at 1-833-AL1-STOP or visit our website at 215stop.com and follow us on Facebook at Central Alabama Crime Stoppers. Always remember, if you see something, say something.
and your neck running back.
HB66 